The Word says we're called to make disciples. We're growing in the Word of God. Jesus Christ was sent to be our Saviour. This is the Bromley Town Church Podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message, blessing you as you live out God's Word. Stream or download other sermon podcasts via the Bromley Town Church website or by using the SoundCloud app. Head over to bromleytownchurch.com. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to come before you to thank you for your kindness, to thank you for your goodness. Lord, to ask for your glory and your presence to carry on in our hearts, over our lives, in this place, Lord. Touching every heart, Father, from the young children to the oldest adult, we're asking you, Heavenly Father, to move in your glory over this place. Lord, we need you. We need you. We need you in our lives. We need you to walk with us. Lord, help us, each one of us, Lord, to gain strength, Lord, as we're in your house, as we're worshipping you. Send your Holy Spirit to strengthen our hearts, Lord, to refocus our minds. Help us, Lord, to gain our, our, our attention upon you, Lord. Holy Spirit, we welcome you amongst us. Thank you for what you have been doing. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for enabling us to lift up your praise. We honor you as our God. Now, Father, open our hearts to hear your word what you want to speak into our lives, Lord. Father, we haven't come here just to sit. We've come here to engage with you, to have fellowship with you. So we're asking, Father, for your mighty hand to move upon our lives and to open us, to speak to us, to change us. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please do take your seats. If you've been here for the last uh, few weeks, then we've been looking at a series called God's Family. Uh, God, you and the church. The primary goal of this series really has been to find things to help us, to help us as individuals uh, to develop our relationship with God. We're in relationship. This is a living thing. God is a living God. And therefore we have a living and active relationship just as you would have a relationship with other people, your friends, your family, your work colleagues, people that you'd go down the, the coffee shop and have a coffee with or sit with, those people, you're having relationship with them. Not just your husbands or your wives, but other people, we have relationships, and we have a relationship with God. And our God is not dead, he is alive. Now, just as you pay attention to your relationships, you remember birthdays, for instance. 60 years, Jan, we honour you with that this week. Seems like very old, doesn't it? No, not quite. Hallelujah. Uh, just as we have relationships with people for celebrations, all sorts of things, so we have relationship with the living God. How is your relationship with God? How is your relationship? You know what? It takes time to spend with people to hear their problems sometimes, to, just to sit with them, to have a coffee with them, to share a laugh with them. That's what we do with other people. We do the same with God. God is not someone only to be revered. We do revere him, obviously, but he is our friend. He is our father. We are his children. We, we lose sometimes this relational idea of being with God. And in this series, I'm trying to unpack in some way this sense of us having relationship. How do we grow in that relationship? What are important aspects of what it talks about in Scripture that help us in that relationship? 
And so as we have been going through this, we've been looking at various things. Oh, I've just jumped ahead of something, so I was going to say something... This whole idea of us just having relationship with God and spending time with people, that's it. Um, I should stay in front of the notes, really, but it doesn't always... You can't have freedom sometimes with notes. That's what I find. So I love them, and I don't like them at the same time. We, and we want to have freedom, because I know that freedom, God operates in a freedom. He loves to be able to move amongst us and to do things in our midst as we are here. God made each one of us, and he wants to show his glory in us. You know that as we're learning about relationship here, God wants to take what he's doing in your life and transport that into all the places where you go, whether it be in your family, whether it be in your workplace. Where you are going, you are taking the presence of God with you, and you are an influence there, and it's not often with your words. It's far more often with your life. We were doing healing on the streets yesterday, and I was handing out these leaflets. And I'm not always comfortable with that because there you are, you just encounter it. It's just got a leaflet that says healing. So I often say to people, would you like prayer for anything? And I see this guy coming towards me. He says, Christian! And I thought, ooh. I thought, I'll just go a bit careful. I did meet you as well, Bob, but this wasn't you, so that's okay. <laughs> this guy says, Christian! Oh, Christians! And I thought, okay. So I just sort of like, you know, try to sort of make myself look a bit smaller so that, you know, not to be too intimidating to him. And this guy suddenly gushed out all of this stuff about his workplace and how his boss had been a Christian and how the, the boss of the company had been a Christian and how obviously something had gone wrong and he'd had to leave the company and how he hated Christians and all oh, this stuff was coming out. And I just said, nice day, you know, just trying to, you know, what aspect of the gospel should I bring in here? You know, and I just really just taking it on the chin, to be quite honest with you. And then he said, oh, with this, with this firm, he'd had to work in Saudi Arabia and different countries. And when he'd been in Saudi Arabia, he'd been very sick. And this Muslim man had shown him great love and compassion. And yet the Christians hadn't shown him that love and compassion. And you know, suddenly there was this comparison. And he's saying, well, he was just revealing his heart. But you know, the bottom line of it was this. He was saying the thing with Christians is he wants their words to match up with their actions. And I said, absolutely, that's very true. That's exactly what needs to happen. Now, I did have enough relationship with him by the end of this conversation. Because I said, if I may be so bold, I said, I do think there's a root of bitterness that is still in you against this man. And he said, yes, I know, I know, I know. And, and, and so we were able to have some conversation. But the point, maybe it's not really our words, it's about our actions. Now, are we opening ourselves up to God to allow him to do his work in us? We had a prayer meeting this week, 6 o'clock. That was one of those prayer meetings on Thursday. I was here with Clive, and after that prayer meeting, we weren't rushing off to catch a train. We went to Starbucks in the Glades to have a coffee together, as we do sometimes, have some breakfast. And so we were just in there ordering a coffee, and the girl was getting the coffee, and she suddenly said, Why are you so happy? Now, she said that to me, not to Clive. No, 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 no. Why are you so happy, she says. And I, I was actually a little bit taken back because, to be honest, we'd just been in the prayer meeting and we just walked over there to have a coffee. There wasn't really anything. It was just, we were just doing life. But she asked, why are we so happy? And Clive was explaining to her that we'd just had a prayer meeting and, and things like we were Christians and just shared something. But I thought, that's a classic example. We weren't doing anything 
and yet God was doing something. Now, that's what God, this is all about being family. This is about having relationship with God, connecting with God, helping us in our relationship with God, growing our relationship with God. So, in effect, we don't have to do anything, but we are allowing God to do more and more of what He wants in us and through us. Some of you have come from non Christian families. You're the first person to get saved in your family. And therefore, what God's doing in your life, He's wanted to reach your family. He's want to shine his light out. Some of, some of us are the only Christians in our places of work. We're there. I can't say that for myself here, obviously. <laughs> Working in the church, that would be a bit embarrassing, wouldn't it? <laughs> but when you go to your place of work, you are there to let God's light shine through you. It is important that you don't hold on to the, the frustrations of the previous day. It is important that you don't get bitterness against people who have done you wrong. It is important how we behave. It is important that we go the extra mile with somebody, showing them grace and love and compassion and mercy. Why? Because that is what God has shown to us. We have freely received from him. He says, freely give. And that's what we want to do. So in this series, we're looking at these things. And some of the things that we've been looking at, we've been looking at joining the family. That was that sense of which there is a starting place that we come into relationship with Jesus Christ. We've been looking at baptism in the Holy Spirit and how important that is for us to, to receive the power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power, Jesus said to his disciples. And we are disciples of Jesus. That means we're supposed to be carrying the life of Jesus out into our communities. We can't do it without the enabling of God. God wants to release his power upon our lives. God wants to release his power in your life. There are people here this morning, and in your lives you're still resisting, resisting God. Should I go with God? Can I trust God? Is God able to help me? The answer's yes. The answer's yes. But the issues are, will your heart be surrendered to him? Will you let him uh, lead you in that way? And will you come to that place where you're asking God, God, please send your Holy Spirit upon me. I need the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want to know the power of the Holy Spirit upon my life so that I may live life according to your ways. So we looked at baptism in the Holy Spirit. We've been looking at the grace of God, how that God's loving kindness, his compassion towards us. I was reading this week the story uh, about the Gazarene demoniac. Jesus goes to this place and there's a guy who's full of demons. And when he comes to meet Jesus or when Jesus encounters him, the demons in him start crying out, what do you want with us, son of God? And there's this encounter. Now eventually Jesus drives out the demons and it says of this man who was a wild man who couldn't be tamed, it said that he was sitting and in his right mind. Now in actual fact, the people of the village, they were terrified of this because they knew what this man was like, and they'd seen transformation that had come upon him. And he wants to go with Jesus, but Jesus says, no, 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 no. I want you to stay here with these people and tell them the things that God has done and how he has shown you mercy. And as I read that, I thought, you see, that's the grace of God. God is showing mercy to people. Has God shown mercy to you this week? He showed mercy to our friend Prab there, protecting him from a car accident. It's God's mercy that's being shown. God gives us mercy. His grace is what we receive, and we want to walk in that mercy and grace. We looked at being born again. That isn't just starting at the beginning of our faith, but the fact 
that actually we need to have our mindsets renewed. We need to go back to a new start. Because there's lots of our mindsets that are locked in the ways of this world and we need to be released from that. And at the end of last week, we were looking at this issue of dependence, not independence. And in truth, and I'm going to look at this more this week through the, uh, the aspect of prayer, but dependence, not independence, is really what the whole of the Christian faith is about. You, you start with the fact that you, you need to have your sins forgiven but when our sins are forgiven, we need to come to a place where we are becoming dependent upon God, not independent from Him. It's one of our biggest battles. Uh, this lifestyle is clearly shown in Scripture. John 15, verses 4 to 5, which will come up, where it says this, Remain in me I also, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You see, independence creates what? Nothing. Dependence means we're rooted in the vine. When we're rooted in the vine, then we can bear fruit. Now here's a question for all of us to look about. How much fruit is our life bearing? Oh, I don't like to think about it because it's a measure. And, you know, can we really measure our lives? Yes, we need to measure our lives. We need to take sober judgment of what's going on. Is there fruit coming from my life? And if the answer is, well, I'm not really sure, I don't know, then we need to go back to looking at this issue of are we dependent upon God or are we acting independently? Because dependency upon God means we're rooted in the vine. When we're rooted in the vine, we will bear fruit. Without him, we can do nothing. So we have to train ourselves to become dependent, really. It's a lesson that if we grow, and if we grow in it, and if we grow in our relationship with God, and we grow in our dependency of God, then we will see more fruitfulness coming into our lives. Sometimes I think the message that we have been preaching just over these last few weeks is really, is really not difficult, it's just very simple. I was reading again in Scripture as I was going through the, um, the Gospels. And there I read of Jesus' first message. And Jesus' first message was, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And as I read it, I thought like, wow, that's... Forgive me, Jesus. But I thought, it's not really that much of a message, is it? He's just saying, repent, which means change your thinking, because the kingdom of heaven is near. So his message as he went out was saying this, you need to change your thinking because God's kingdom is coming near. And listen to this, that was Jesus' message, but it also had been the message of John the Baptist. So when Jesus came, Jesus was already repeating something that had already been said. So when I thought about that, I thought that's even less of a message. And yet it had great impact. Because people heard that message and they were being saved and people were coming to Jesus and they were flocking around him and they were seeing the things he could do. So I thought to myself this, listen, it's not about the message. It's all about what God can do through the words that are being spoken. And certainly my prayer that through these messages that God will do something in your lives. You know that I've been unpacking these messages by representing my own testimony. What has been going on in my life to underline some of these things that we've been talking about? And it's not that I might be anything special. I am nothing special. But as I look at the story of my life, I notice this. God has been doing things in my life without my asking for them, 
without my expecting them, but he has been moving because God is at work in our lives. And I would encourage you, have you been listening to some of my story, not only to, to be encouraged and to think, yes, God has done that for Jonathan, he can do that for me. To be encouraged and to see that God wants to do great things in our lives, but also to go back and reflect upon our lives and to think like, wow, God's grace has been at work in my life. Once I used to be like this, but God has moved. God has introduced me to people. People have come across my pathway. Circumstances have happened that have moved my life. Situations have broken into my life that have changed my direction because what God has done for me and in me, even necessarily without us really thinking about it or expecting it. God has been good. So this morning, dependence, not independence, and I'm looking at the issue of prayer in particular. And this is where I go back to my own story. I'm going to pick up from the place where I have now left the city of London. As you heard last week, I was working up in London. And God, through various circumstances, led me to be the assistant pastor of West Wickham Christian Fellowship, working with Trevor Payne. And uh, we were, everything was going well. I, prayer was something I noticed that I was always involved with. We used to have a Saturday morning prayer meeting in those days from 8.30 till 9.30, which is just a little bit longer these days. And uh, I used to go along to that uh, regularly. And I, I was thinking to myself, why did I go along? Why did I go along because it's a prayer meeting? Well, I did because I think prayer is important, but I didn't go there with an understanding of anything. I went there to pray, but now as I look back on it, the reason I enjoyed those prayer meetings is because at times we encountered the presence of God. As we were praying together, and there's a unity that comes across the people as they are gathered together, there is a change of the atmosphere. That's all I can say about it. It's not that you see anything, but there's something that starts to shift in your heart, and you're aware that your heart is becoming softer. And I, I didn't think about that. I just thought I was attending a prayer meeting. But as I look back now, I think those times I can remember. And it's those times that you want to go back to. Because you know that is good. It does your heart good. So it wasn't just that I was coming to pray about situations or a list of things. I was coming because I wanted relationship with God. That's why I was coming. And I want to encourage you to come to our prayer meetings. Not because, of, oh, are, are all my prayers going to make a difference? Well, praise God, we believe that they will certainly help and they will make a difference. But primarily to come because we want relationship. We want relationship with God. And relationship with him changes everything else. So we used to go to these prayer meetings. So something, prayer was something that I was involved with, something I liked, something that was stirring in my heart, even though I certainly didn't understand all about it. And... Uh, Another one of the, because of the, the group of churches we were involved with, New Frontiers, they used to have pastors' meetings. So I, there was another pastor at one of these meetings who just said, Look, I've got a friend of mine coming over from Nigeria. His, his name is uh, Tony Rapu, and he was part of the Redeemed Churches in Nigeria. He's coming over, and he's just going to be sharing at my house about how they've been building the church there in Nigeria. If you're interested, come along. He said, It's an exciting story. Their church is 2,000 people. So I thought, well, probably worth going to hear that. It was on a Saturday. It was a little bit difficult time, I remember. And I had to make some arrangements to get there. And I remember this also. I had a great deal of difficulty in actually getting to the meeting. These are the days, not when we had sat-nav. No, there are days when we didn't have sat-nav. These are the days when I had an A to Z. <laughs> Do you remember that? 
What happened to A to Z? They must have gone out of business because nobody uses them anymore. We've got our phones. But in those A to Z, and I, I found this guy's uh, road on the A to Z. He lived in Orpington, so I thought, just fine, looked at it, yeah, there it is. Off I went. What I didn't realise was my A to Z map didn't actually cover Orpington. You know, I know how you have it. You just have expectations. So I found myself in Bromley, another road of the same name, the wrong. I'm knocking on the door. Hello, you're not the person I was expecting. That's funny. So I was completely lost. At that point, I realised lost on, the, and I nearly didn't get to the meeting. Now I say that because the enemy does sometimes try to steer us away from the purposes of God. But praise God, I went to a phone box. So just for those who don't understand, there's a red thing that we used to go in and it should put money in the slot and actually use a phone, okay? This is, it's not that long ago, but I remember those. Went to a phone box, rang up this guy, found out where he lived, he directed me, so I got to his house and there I was able to listen to the story of this pastor as he was sharing about the church in Nigeria and uh, what had been going on and he was just sharing away, and some of you have heard this story before. As he's sharing, he's just saying, yeah, we have our big Sunday meetings. We have about 2,000 people we're encouraging. We're reaching out to our communities, and it's really good and stuff like that. And then on the night before Sundays, we usually have an all-night prayer meeting. And, and as he's saying this, I just, sorry? I literally, I can remember it now thinking like, sorry? You, did, did you say all-night prayer meeting? I, you know, at first of all, I was thinking, are you all right? You know? And then I was, it just struck me. I need to ask this guy about this. Because that's, I mean, we pray. We pray. I've just been told, told you about the prayer meetings that we were at. We pray, but what's this? What do you do? So we have a coffee break, and I get my coffee, and I go up to him and says, you know, Tony, you know, thank you for the story. Um, just need to ask you a question. You sort of said, um, I think you said you, you pray all night, yeah? Um, can I just ask you, what do you do? Uh, just interested to know what you do. So he's, he just said to me, he said, well, we, yeah, we pray during the night. We pray for the meeting. We, we, have, uh, we have some worship. We have some teaching. And uh, we pray, you know, we pray in English, or not in English, in our own language. And uh, we pray in tongues a lot. You know, in fact, we pray in tongues quite a lot through the night and stuff. I said, okay, thank you. And that was it. I said, okay. Trying to look cool, you know, like, it's like, yeah, I understand that. That's fine. And... Uh, but it impacted me because I thought, like, what do you mean you pray in tongues a lot during the night? I could pray in tongues, but I don't do that. We have prayer meetings, but we don't do that. I, I'm so ashamed to think that that was our thinking. But this just goes to show that, that we thought, and at this point in my life, I was thinking, like, as a Christian, we've got to a great place. We're in a, a church that's doing good things. We're in a, a church movement that's planting churches. We're at the forefront of what's going on in Christianity in the UK. And suddenly you find, but I know nothing. I went back to the office on Tuesday, and I made this time, and I said, right, I'm going to set aside half an hour. I went to a room for half an hour, and I thought, right, I'm praying in tongues for half an hour, starting now. And I'm watching the clock and praying for the second hand to go faster, and praying, and I've done two minutes, and like, oh, my days, how is it going? And in any case, I, half an hour went, and I literally prayed and prayed and prayed until this half hour went past in tongues. And I just... You know, okay, that was it, but it wasn't just it. Something was changing inside of me. God was wanting to do something to say, you thought you understood me, you thought you understood prayer, let me show you some new things. Let me take you to a place where I want you to be. Why? Because God wants relationship with us. 
You know how we think it's like, oh, I'd like relationship with him. We don't know the heart. He wants relationship with us. And so he pursues us. And he brings things into our lives because he wants us to be with him. Now, I didn't realize as well that this started to really stir something in me about prayer to the point that everybody I met, particularly if they were from another country other than the UK, then I would be asking them about what do they do with prayer, how do they go about prayer, you know, what does it look like in their circumstances, etc., etc. And in all these questions, and one of the people that I met whilst I was asking these questions was John Malindi and uh, a friend of his who is working in England, Arnold Mwangi. And I was able to ask them questions about, it's okay, you come from Uganda. What, what is it like there? What, do you pray there? How do you pray? And of course, I'm finding these stories like, yes, we pray. We pray for a long while. We pray through the night. We pray, why? Why does it take so long? Loads and loads of questions. How does it look like? What do you do? All of these things. And uh, in actual fact, it was when I, one of the times when I was meeting Arnold, because I actually said to him, look, I've got quest- more questions. Let's meet for a coffee. So we had a coffee together, and I met with him. And it was in one of those occasions that I met up with Pastor Charles Kaiwa, the guy who was preaching here a few weeks back. That's when I first met with him. And at one, as I was talking with Arnold about prayer, and I said to him, well, would it be helpful for me to come to Uganda, do you think, and see actually on the ground what you're doing? Would that help me to understand? And of course, he says, yes, that will help you to understand. Why don't you come out to the AfriCamp conference that we have in January? And so that's when I first made plans to go out to Uganda for the first time. And this was in January 2000 that I went out there. First time, that, not the first time that I'd been overseas, but the first time that I'd ever been to uh, the continent of Africa and certainly to the country of Uganda. So I arrived, and uh, I arrived excited, really. And I don't know what I, well, I know what I was thinking I was going to expect, and you sort of have all those things turned on your head. Uh, I was expecting the roads to be a bit rough, and they were a bit rough. Uh, I was expecting to see some dust, and there was dust around. I was expecting to see people carrying bananas on their head, and there were ladies carrying bananas on their head. So I saw some of those things. And, uh, you know, when you're going somewhere completely different, your mind is being turned upside down, really. And so I, I get to the hotel, I get in the hotel, that's uh, quite interesting. I get taken to the service, which had just started, and the services were taking place at a school in a, a Nakasero district in Kampala. And uh, this was just a primary school, and I got there and I thought, ooh, not quite the conference I was expecting. Tarpaulin sheet, with a sort of few makeshift poles holding it up, ramshackle staging. I thought, okay, well... But the people were there, and the people were excited, and they were worshipping. And soon I got to, you know, as you get into the meetings, uh, I was enjoying them. There were lively worship time, uh, lots of prayer, lots of prayer. People would preach, and then you'd be praying afterwards. And it was just a vibrant atmosphere. And it, to be honest with you, it was just like uh, overwhelming in one sense. It was great, and yet overwhelming. But I loved it when John Melindy would come and preach, because he would preach, and there was things you were wrestling with, and you, you know, I don't know, what does the Bible have to say about this? Or not so much what the Bible has to say, it's like, I want things to touch my heart. And I found as he preached, the Word of God seemed to really touch my heart. And there was, so I've been there for about a week, and you begin to get used to certain things. You know, after a week, okay, I'm a bit more used to the worship style. 
I can't dance as the African dances, but that's fine, you know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I don't have to. And they're lively, as I say, lots of prayer, all this stuff, so you're getting used to it, and you're used to the intensity. And I'm, my heart is softened because of these people. They know how to pray. They are loving and kind and gracious in the way they've certainly been treating me. And I'm really warm to them. It's about a week after I've been there. There's a, an afternoon meeting. I find out that John Melindy is preaching. Because one thing I had come to terms with by now was that it didn't seem to have quite a structure or a program as perhaps I might have been used to. And often when they said, we'll pick you up at 10 o'clock, it didn't quite mean that. And, you know, and those sorts of things, I'd sort of come to, wow, I don't understand it. Just go with it. Just go with it. So I, I went there. When is John going to preach? Yeah, he'll be preaching this afternoon. Well, what time this afternoon? Anyway, I go and I'm listening to him preach. And this is the interesting thing. I cannot remember anything that he preached on. But as he got to the end of his preach, and I'd obviously been stirred by it, as he got to the end of his preach, he started to sing, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Now the thing is, he wasn't singing it in English, he was singing it in Lugandan. So suddenly you've got your mind, hang on, I recognise that tune. But the words are all different. And so there's a bit of wrestling coming through. And he starts singing into the second verse. And as he's singing into the second verse, my mind is catching up and the words are coming into my head. Can you find a friend so faithful? She's like halfway through the second verse. I can remember, gosh, it felt like that. It felt like I'd been hit by a train. I was just weeping and weeping. I don't know what happened. I don't know what was going on. I know that I was just like, wow. And the service came to an end. There'd been some prayer. The service came to an end. I went out to a side room. And I was just like in a bit of a daze. I was thinking like, whoa, whoa, that was good. That was, that was great. And what's happened? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what had happened. But I know this, that God had done something in my life and had changed me in some way, had impacted me in some way. And we carried on for a few more days at the conference. There was a, a, another few days. In fact, towards the end of the conference, there was, uh, um, I, I met a Brazilian guy who had uh, gold dust coming from his Bible, which I thought, well, that's a bit strange. And I was in a room with a couple of other English people uh, who had also been at the conference. And uh, one of these English ladies, uh, she said, hey, this guy, he has gold dust coming from his Bible. And so I said, really? So he said, yes, I do. And he opened his briefcase, and his briefcase, I remember, it's like somebody had thrown glitter in there. Uh, you know, like a child has glitter they do uh, crafting things with. Like somebody had thrown glitter in there. I thought, wow. And he said, yeah, I, I have it, and it just comes out of my Bible. So he said, I'll shake some on your Bible if you like. So I said, okay, fine, which he did. And I'm not saying that that incident caused anything, but I do know this. Shortly after that, all three of us English people were on the floor screaming as demons were being cast out of us. And the Africans were coming into the room and they were, you know, they were praying for us. I was thinking, like, what is going on? And I mean shrieking. It's not like, you know, like, 
doing a bit of moving around, shaking and shifting, I was screaming as these demons were being cast out of us. But God was at work in our lives and wanting to do something. And at the end of that Africamp, I came home, having gone there thinking like, okay, I just want to learn a little bit about prayer. I came home thinking like, basically, I, I, I know how to pray, but I don't know anything about prayer. And all the, the preconceptions we'd had about what the church is like in England has suddenly been shaken away because there's church right around the world and God is at work in his church and there are things in Africa that we need to learn just as there are things that we know that we can pass on. So suddenly this whole new realm of church life was being opened up to me. And uh, it did cause a few problems when I came home because, you know, like you're not the same. And you're starting to ask different questions. Well, why do we believe this? Why do we do this? And it, and it upsets people's thinking and their ways. I was challenged by the way that people in Uganda were treating Christianity. They were treating it that it really mattered about how you lived. There was a seriousness about it. There was a seriousness in their prayer. Now, obviously, years have gone by since that time, and you can reflect back and you can see that you can learn things and learn perspectives. This is what I've particularly learned. Prayer is fundamentally about relationship. It's about relationship with God. If I want to have good relationship with my wife, I need to spend time with her. If I want to have good relationship with my friends, I need to spend time with them. We need to communicate. We need to talk about the affairs of our hearts. We need to open our hearts up to each other. We need to share our lives with each other. That's what we do as ordinary human beings in our everyday lives. But that's what we need to do with God. We need to open our lives up. And so often we think of the prayer meeting as being a boring meeting. Well, what happens? You know, what, is my heart being stirred? Often because we haven't actually got to the place of where the presence of God comes amongst us and our hearts are stirred and we walk away, as it were, being lifted up. Because when the presence of God comes, it, it lifts you up. It brings a transformation to your heart. It brings a reality to your life that makes you want more. God's presence is the greatest thing that I have ever encountered. It's the most wonderful thing that can happen to any one of us. And that's what we need to press into. As I say, I went out to Uganda thinking... We're in a good place. As a church, as a person, as Christianity, I was thinking we're in a good place. And I came back thinking, really, we are nowhere. We need to start seeking God in prayer. I remember reading a quote from John Wesley, and John Wesley said this, I have so much to do that I spend several hours in prayer before I'm able to do it. And, and part of that, I was thinking, like, well, that sounds like he's, he's making sure he has time with God so that he can get things done. There was still this idea of lists and everything like that in my mind. Really, all that John Wesley was saying is, I need to have fellowship with God so that my life can get its right order. That's really what he is saying in that quote. And just recently, a friend of mine was listening to Heidi Baker preach, and she said this to him, and he told me this. She said, you can lose every battle in life, but do not lose the battle to get before the Lord. 
And what I take from that is she's saying, listen, you can, you can lose any battle in life, but the most important thing for our lives is that we have time with God. Because God is the one who can order our steps. He's the one that can give us the secrets of his heart. He is the one that can lead us in the right way. But if we don't have that, we are living independently. We're living back in our own flesh and in our own ways when God wants to lift us up from where we are in this physical realm. He wants to lift us up and lift our spirit to connect to his spirit in the spiritual realm so that we can bring the life of heaven into this physical realm. That is what God has created us to do. But for us, so often our flesh is dictating where our spirits can be. It says, oh no, you need to stay here. Keep down. Don't do this. Don't do that. We won't go to this place. We won't go to that prayer meeting because it might affect us. And our flesh seems to control what our spirit wants to do. And yet God wants to lift our spirits out of us and so that we can connect to him. I came back to this country, as I say, and I've got all this stuff. How do you put all this into practice? Now, the first thing is you start seeking to pray more. And that isn't necessarily the answer. It's a good start, but it's not necessarily the answer. Because we go in what we know, and we have to develop in understanding. I know that one day I was reading a book, Yonggi Cho's book, Prayer, The Key to Revival. Because I was reading anything that would help me with these things. And I was reading that book, and I know that we were going on a train up to London. And I can remember in the carriage, reading this book, I feel God speak to me. And I feel, I feel God say this, or rather, I felt in my spirit, you need to do this every day for the rest of your life. And I realized, wow, this is, God is asking us to connect with him daily. He wants us to connect with him. He wants us to spend time with him daily. And in my heart, I was saying, yes, Lord, I, I want to do that. Now, I'm not saying, I can truthfully say to you, I haven't done it every day since that day for the rest of my life, but it is my life's intention to seek God on a daily basis. There's the day, or some days when I don't make it, and, and you know, we have different things that happen in our lives. I don't think God condemns us for that. But there is a sense in which, for me, I know, there is the necessity to have relationship with him. And so I seek to do that. And from that time, I started to, say, well, started to make adjustments in my life. I started to get up a little bit earlier. And so I started to get up a bit earlier. And when you start to get up earlier, there's always a fight. A fight that goes on with you. I, I don't want to get up earlier. I want to stay in bed. The, the, I've said it before, the duvet always starts to speak to you. Not now. No, no, stay here. It's warm in here. You've heard, those, you've heard the voice. So mine's not the only duvet that speaks, believe you me. We have speaking duvets, and they tell us to stay there, and, and, and we love that warmth. But you think, about, but yeah, but I've got to make space for God. And the battle that then starts of making space for God, and then you, you make 20 minutes, okay, I'll do 20 minutes, and, and then like, okay, 10 minutes prayer, 10 minutes Bible reading. And you know, you've got to make a start with somewhere, but it's not enough. And so that you have to start actually getting up earlier, or for me, I started to get up earlier so I could make space. But then there's another battle that comes in. I found it easier to read the Bible than to pray. So then I'm reading and not praying. Or then you're praying and not reading. And then, you know, and then, and then you're getting tired. And I've learned this. You can't get up early and go to bed late. You have to surrender something to God. You have to make changes. You can't live the same way as everybody else lives. You can't do the same things that everybody else seems to be doing. You have to make 
changes to accommodate what God wants. God actually wants us to give him our diaries and to say, let me tell you what I want, and then you can fill in the rest of the time. But what we tend to do is tend to say, like, God, I'll give you this bit because we're trying to control our lives. God doesn't want us to control our lives. He wants us to be dependent upon him, not independent from him. And for me, the battle carries on and carried on. The battle sometimes still carries on, but now I do get up early in the mornings, but I do go to bed early. And I don't like it when I've got lots of evening meetings because then, oh, I feel really tired. And so I do get tired. But you know what? You get used to it. And now, I don't know, I've been doing it for years. But I want to tell you, there is no secret, there's no special way. If we want relationship with God, we have to make time for him. There are no shortcuts. There's no glamorous things. God can speak to us and minister to us, but there's no glamour in it really. It's just the fact that we need to come before him and to speak to him. And in this last week even, when I've been seeking God, because I believe that God is doing something new amongst us. I know there's change that's on the horizon here in terms of the fact that we know that the councillor wanted a compulsory purchase this bit of land and, and are we going to be here on the site and all of those things as we know about as a church about the building we don't have all the answers for that but I know this God is wanting to do something and God is wanting to touch the hearts of the people of Bromley and God is wanting to open our lives up but he is calling us to deeper relationship with him and I come before God and sometimes I come before God and I'm saying God I want your presence I want this and I was praying like it the other morning, and at the end of the time, I, I, it wasn't a wonderful time of prayer. It was just a time of prayer. But as I finished, I almost thought to myself, it feels as though God was saying to me, the trouble is you're not surrendering enough to me. You're not, you're not just laying everything down. You're coming with agendas, and you don't need to come with an agenda. You just need to come with you. And for us so often... We come with our lists, don't we? God, will you do this? Will you do that? I've got this problem. And God knows every one of our problems before we've even come to him. What he wants is us. And he wants us to trust him to lead us in the way that he wants us to go. He wants to help us. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to take us out of the place where we are to bring us into a place of greater fulfillment, of greater fruitfulness, of greater understanding of his presence. But we have to be prepared to let go. We have to be prepared to come to a prayer meeting and say, Father, I am here just to, just to give myself to you, just to worship you, just to declare who you are, just to declare that there's no one like you, but to declare also and to remember that you are the one who is able to do what I cannot do. You are the God who has delivered Israel out of slavery in Egypt. You are the God that broke every chain. And Moses didn't know how it was going to happen, but God did know how it was going to happen. And let's face facts, why would sending a plague of locusts make it happen? Why would sending a plague of gnats make it happen? Why would sending darkness make it happen? Because God is about destroying the powers of darkness and destroying the mindsets of a people. So that in the end, the, the Egyptians are saying, get out of here. 
And listen, every one of us is in a captivity of some mindset, of some sort of thinking, of some connection to the world, stuff that we can't see, stuff that we don't know about. But God has a way of bringing us out. And God has a way of taking us out of captivity and bringing us into the place where he wants us to be. And only he can do it, and we need to surrender ourselves to him. What I saw in Uganda that struck me above everything else was a people whose hearts were surrendered to God. They were willing to allow him to do what he wanted to do in them and through them. And so as we progress through this and today, what we've been learning a little bit about prayer, though I haven't been telling you, you know, how I pray. It's not about how I pray. It's about making time to have connection with heaven. That's the most important thing. And I want to encourage every one of you to make time to have connection with heaven. Because God is desperately wanting relationship with you. Just imagine if you could really get that into your heart. God, the creator, the one who has made the heavens and the earth, the one that has made the planets that are so far away, the one that people are sending spaceships to try to go and investigate, the God who made all of those things, and the God who sustains the universe, who holds it together, who overrules all things. That God is wanting relationship with you. That God. Not the person next to you. He wants relationship with you. He wants to break the chains that are over your life. He wants to build you up and strengthen you so you can accomplish his purposes. He wants to do great and mighty things in you and through you because he loves you, because he cares for you, because he's on your side, because he wants relationship with you. We keep thinking it's about us. He is for us, not against us. He is the lifter of your head and the lover of your soul. He is your strength and your shield. That God wants you. He's knocking on your door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open the door. It's not just about salvation. Will you open the door and let him come in? Because he wants relationship with you. Let's stand and worship. I just, I just want to say that uh, what I've been sharing with you, I, I don't know how it's affecting your life, but I know this, I'm not anybody special, but I've been sharing with you what God has done in my life and through my life. And if you're wanting a deeper relationship with Him, and you're coming up against battles in your life, that you're thinking, I, I, I've got to this stage, but I, I can't seem to go further. I can't seem to get breakthrough. I want you to to step out in faith this morning and to come down the front because I want to pray for you. Because I believe that God will do things in our lives. The enemy wants to hold us back and wants to limit us. But we need to have that boldness to say, I'm not going to be limited. I'm going to step forward into what God wants for me. Now, as I say, I'm not anybody special but I want to be able to lay my hands on you because I believe that what God has done in me, He wants to do in you. Because He wants all of us to be part of His family. 
He wants us, as our, as, our, his, as our Father, He wants to encourage us as His children to reach the maximum potential that He has for each one of us. So I just want to encourage you, just as we're singing this song again, if you want to receive prayer because you're, you're coming up to a limitation, you want to break through, or even if something I've been speaking about, you, you feel like your prayer life is nowhere and you want it to come alive, come down here because God wants to help you. He helped me by showing me what I didn't know. He wants to loosen others in the same way. So I just want to encourage you with that, okay?